Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, July 23rd, 2023, we continue our series titled Spiritual Disciplines, Training for Godliness. Today's sermon, Stewardship and Generosity, will be taught to us by Pastor Jeff Stevens out of 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Enjoy. Oftentimes people say, oh, you know, churches, they, they just want your money. And um, uh, we actually, by the power of God, want actually so much more. Because it's not about money. It's about the advancement of the kingdom. It's about the, the glory of Jesus Christ. And we are, in fact, to be good stewards. And uh, we're going to look at it twofold today. We're going to look at what do we know about stewardship and, and what's the wisdom to apply that stewardship. So uh, we're going to be in uh, 1 Peter 4, uh, verses 7 through 11 is where I'll predominantly be. If we're not there, I'll go ahead and make sure it's projected on the, on the board behind me uh, so that we can kind of expeditiously go through this. But it's important for us to understand here of what do we mean by the discipline of generosity. Um, in Acts 20, uh, verse 35, Paul said this. He says, in all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It is more blessed what does that mean? And in context here, it doesn't mean that it's a horrible thing to receive. What it in fact means is that for all of us to fulfill the, the, um, the Bible in our ministry, in our uh, worship of God, everyone at one point or a time and another is going to have to take the position of receiving. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. But it is because the Bible calls us into these things that we sometimes have a hard time understanding where it says bear one another's burdens. Treat others as better than yourself. How much? How much better? How much more am I supposed to do? We'll talk about the knowledge of these things, but we'll also talk about the wisdom and how do we apply these every things to our life. If we stop and think for a second and ask the question, what is the difference really between knowledge and wisdom? Illustratively, I'd like to say that the knowledge is knowing something simple like a tomato is considered to be part of the fruit family. Wisdom is understanding not to put it in a fruit salad. We can look at the simple things of life. We understand the concept of, of giving of our time, our treasure, or talent. We understand that we are to be stewards with the things that God has entrusted us. Sometimes we may get a little confused in what has God entrusted us. So in 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 11, if you're there, it says this. Peter says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled, be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. And he says this, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And here it is in 10 and 11. As each has received a gift, 
Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. We'll talk a little bit about that varied grace. But in verse 11, whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as the one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And to him belongs the glory forever and ever, amen, he says. The questions that we may have is that that I don't really know what my gifts are, the gifts that God has given me. The fact that you are here today and are breathing is a gift from God. The fact that you may know how to read is a gift from God. The fact that you are able to lift a box that's more than 50 pounds is a gift from God. The question is do you have the wisdom to apply it to your everyday life? The gifts that we're talking about hinge on very simple, low bar things. We always think in our mind that I wish I could give as much as the rich guy. I wish that you could have equal sacrifice. When we look at God's word, how are we applying these things to our life? Because what he just said here is that each of us, if you're in Christ and Christ is in you, has received a gift. Why were you given this gift? As he says, to serve one another. As what? He says, as a good steward of God's varied grace. Not everyone has the same gifting. Not everyone has the same equal amount of gifts. But everyone has in fact been given a gift and the purpose of that gift is to be a good steward of it. To be a good steward of God's varied grace as he says, as one who speaks God's words, God's truth, that you're a communicator. You've been given the gift of the word of God. Are you sharing and using that word as you go about your everyday life? He also says, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Are you being used, spent, and spent by God in the fullness of the energy that he's given you? And you do this in order, why, he says, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors. I've said this before, I'll continue to say it. You are the ambassador of the 100 square feet around you. Everything that enters your 100 square feet is for the purposes and the glory of Jesus Christ. Every person who enters your domain is in fact walking in the kingdom of heaven. And you are the representative. You are the person that God has done. Our perspective today should be on stewardship, not ownership. Let me explain the difference. I, I bumped into a guy at a, at a store yesterday. He, um, his name is Rick. And Rick is this guy that I talk to all the time. We get in these great, deep theological discussions. And he looked at me. I don't know that Rick actually goes to any church Uh, He certainly is familiar with God's word. He has studied God's word. But Rick is always interesting. He looks at me and he says, hey, Jeff, he says, when are you next preaching? I said, well, actually, tomorrow. He says, what are you you talking on? I said, oh, I'm thinking, man, if I tell him stewardship and generosity, he's going to hammer me with the church is always after my money and all those different things. So I said, stewardship, generosity. And uh, he says, whoa, he says, what a great subject. That's a great subject to actually talk to people about. I like the fact that you didn't say money, but you said stewardship and generosity. He says, you know, because when we think about it, he says, Christ, he paid everything for us. In fact, he bought us. He purchased us. 
He says, and, and what, do you, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you call that? I said, redemption, being redeemed. He says, ah, that's, that's buying you back. What is buying you? I said, I'm, I'm stymied, Rick. What is it? He said, he says, slavery. He says, you're a slave to the most high God. He is the master of your universe. And slaves own nothing. They work to the glory of their master. That's the kind of stewardship we're talking about here today. That's the type of generosity is recognizing first and foremost, I am not an owner of anything that I have. I am merely a steward, a manager of God's stuff. And if your faith is in Christ and Christ is in you, don't walk away with anything less than that. We're entrusted as managers. In fact, what is it? What is the truth? What is the knowledge of stewardship that we need, right? To, to apply God's wisdom, we must first have the knowledge of what these things are. Wisdom is the applying of that knowledge in its right process, in its right aspect. So the first point here is that the knowledge of stewardship. And I've got three components to that knowledge of stewardship. Number one is how God's gifts bless others and sanctify us. How God's gifts bless others and how they sanctify us. As we read in 1 Peter 4, as each gift has received a gift, use it to serve one another, he says. Paul says it slightly different in Romans 12, 6 through 8. Paul says this, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. To use these gifts that God's given us. You see, God's gifts are an abundance they're an abundance of diversity encompassing both tangible and intangible things. They have the power to touch lives and others to sanctify our own souls. These gifts are given to us by a loving creator and they serve as a dual purpose. They not only bring joy and transformation to others while deepening our own spiritual journey. You see, when we recognize and we utilize these gifts, we become vessels of his grace. We become vessels of his love to those that are around us. You're the ambassador. You see, our unique talents, skills, and resources, those things can be used to alleviate suffering, to inspire hope, to bring about a positive change in the world. And whether it's through the acts of service or the acts of kindness, or the act of creativity. We have the opportunity to bless others and to be the source of God's light in their lives. Just as our children have learned over this last week through VBX, shine the light of Christ, to be the ambassador within the 100 square feet around you, to take the gifts that God has given you and to use them to the glory of him. It blesses others. And at the same time, it sanctifies us. Sometimes it's difficult to part with things. Sometimes it's, it's 
seemingly impossible or it's overwhelming. This is a sanctification process of trusting God. Sanctification continues to be this process where God seemingly is pulling you through a keyhole by your feet, stripping you of everything, making you realize that I am nothing, I have nothing, and I can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ. And I grow in his grace when I utilize the gifts that he's given me to bless others because the natural byproduct is that it will sanctify me. God's gifts themselves are not only meant for our personal enjoyment. It's not that you're not allowed to use the gifts of your master, but you enjoy those gifts to the benefit of others in our own sanctification. You see, when we embrace the gifts and use them with love and purpose, we become agents of his divine blessing, contributing to the flourishing of humanity and our own spiritual growth. Number two, God's gifts are for others' benefit. God's gifts are for others' benefit. This is a hard thing sometimes to wrap our head around in knowing this. We know it, but I don't know that I really like it. He said whoever, uh, whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God or whoever serves, serves by the strength that God supplies. We are to be those ambassadors who communicate the word of God, the encouragement and the hope that we find in the gospel. And we do this by our serving of the people that are around us. A phrase that I love to say is that the church is 100% of the body serving 100% of the body. And while you're out in the field, share the gospel. Show the kindness and the compassion of Christ because God's gifts are given to us not for our own personal gain, not for selfish purposes, but rather for the betterment of others. These gifts whether their talents, skills, or resources are meant to be shared and utilized to serve and uplift the people that are around us. And by recognizing and embracing the responsibility to use these gifts selflessly, we fulfill our purpose to contribute to the well-being of the people around us. It's through these acts of kindness and compassion and generosity that we can make a positive impact of joy and healing and maybe even inspiration to others. We reflect the divine love and grace of the God who created us. Sometimes this is difficult. And part three of knowing this stewardship is living your gifted assignment. God's given you these gifts and he's given them to you for a reason. So we need to know and understand that these gifts were given so that I would not only bless others, be sanctified by these things, but use them to the betterment of other people. Paul says in Philippians 2, 3 and 4, he says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others before uh, others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Again, we're not eliminated from the enjoyment of the gifts that God has given us. But the purpose of why God's given it is to live out, to live and give, to give of yourself, to give of the things that were entrusted to you in an act of humility. Humility is your ultimate protectorate from the evil one. Pride 
is the thing that comes before your fall. Jonathan Edwards from the 18th century said, nothing sets a person so much out of the devil's reach as humility. Humility is the very thing that separates us from the rest of the world. He was humble and contrite of spirit. The question that we constantly are wrestling with is are we using wisdom on these things that we know? We know absolutely that everything that we have is a gift from the Lord. Sometimes we have delusional thoughts that you're self-made and you made everything. I worked hard for these things. But in fact, it is God through his works and his righteousness that has entrusted them to you. Gave you the gift to think and operate and maybe in your business or your career. That gave you the gifts of everything to the glory of him. The question that remains is are we applying these gifts in the way of wisdom? Point two here today is the wisdom of stewardship. And again, three points to that wisdom. The first, of course, is being generous with time. Now, I say be generous with time because it's not your time. It's his time. Every moment of every day, every breath you take is a gift from the Lord. And every moment and every breath is not to be squandered. Time becomes a very difficult thing. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. I remember at a corporate event many years ago, we had to go to this uh, manager's conference where we had a professional motivational type speaker come in and talk to us about time management. One of the questions that he asked in this, in this gathering was, what if somehow you had one more hour extra per day? It was no longer 24 hours a day, but it was 25 hours a day. And what would you do with that time? He went around the room and people are asking it and I don't know why I'm always a magnet for things. That's why I don't go to stand-up comedy and stuff because I'm always a magnet for whoever is going to. It's like, hey, you, big bald guy, what do you think? But he calls upon me and he says, what would you do if you had one more hour? And I looked at him and I kind of flippantly said, I'd probably squander it like I do the other 24. I'd waste it all on me. And he says, that's it. He says, we're given this time. It's more than enough time, but the time doesn't actually belong to us. The time actually belongs to that who created time. And we need to find ourselves using that time with wisdom. Paul is encouraging believers to be wise in their choices and to make the most of every opportunity of every moment. It implies the importance of being intentional with our time and using it wisely for the benefit of others and the fulfillment of God's purposes. It's by being Mindful of the limited nature of time. You realize, right, that there's, there's coming this point in time that maybe there's a headstone out there with your name on it and it has when you began and it has when you left. And that dash that's in the middle is this definition of your legacy of who you are. I wish I could go back in time 
and not spend as much time as I did flying all over the world doing corporate deals and doing all those things for the, for the lie that I was believing that I'm supposed to be a provider, that I'm supposed to be this protector. I'm supposed to go make money so everyone can survive as best as they possibly could. I wish that I could go back and see my own children take their first step, of which I think I missed 100% of my four daughters taking their first step because I didn't take the time time. This is one of the greatest things that you can take generosity to. Maybe for you, it's, it's pulling out your phone and looking at your screen time and saying, wow, I average three hours on this idiot box every single day. I could probably at least get rid of part of it. Time. The wisdom of stewardship that emphasizes being generous with time and recognizing it as a precious resource that must be used wisely. I remember in my youth, I didn't think time would ever stop. But young people, I can't encourage you enough to take advantage of your youth and your time to the glory of him. And people that are in their fourth quarter of life or maybe even closer to the end, take each moment that God has entrusted you and invest it into the advancement of his kingdom and the glory of Jesus Christ. That's our time. Part two, be generous with talent. Again, the difficulty is thinking it's my talent or your talent. The talent that has been given me is on loan from God. God has given me certain gifts and each of those gifts is to be used to the exploitation of the glory of Jesus Christ and the advancement of his kingdom. I'm supposed to take the time that I have in my life and invest the talent that God has given me to be used to his glory and his dominion forever and ever. Amen, he says to take my talent. The parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 15 through 30, I'd encourage you to read it again. But ultimately it teaches that we should use and multiply the talents that have been entrusted to us. You don't take your talent of being an excellent accountant and not study and not know and not learn and not grow. And how do I use that talent? Not so that I can just only go and make money with that talent, but maybe I need to take two hours, four hours a week and pour into a young person and teach them how to simply balance a checkbook. And all the young people are saying, what's a checkbook? And we're starting to realize more and more that there's so much more that we can invest not only in our youth, but in one another to take the talents, the simplicity of the things that God has given you as a gift and to use it as a spiritual return on his investment. To take the time to stop by Info Central and say, where can I serve? To come out and ask one of the pastors, where can I help? Where can I serve? Talk to me about your talent. Talk to me about the things that God's gifted you with. Maybe your, your limitation is I'm a good reader. You know what? We have more elderly people who have lost their vision that would love for someone to come by and just read God's word to them. Maybe it's you're just a fantastic educator. We have an entire building dedicated to children who, who want to have fun and hear the word of God. You saw the energy as we saw that up before. 
Doug is constantly needing more people. Please come and offer your time to just simply go in and be the ambassador of the 100 square feet away and take care of some kids one time a month, two times a month, whatever it may be. Maybe it's to stand as a greeter. Your greatest gift is that you have a nice smile and you're very welcoming. Stand at a door and welcome a new person to the church. But take the talent that God has given you and use the wisdom to apply it in everyday life. You see, stewardship encourages us to embrace our unique abilities, to develop them to their fullest and possible potential, and to selflessly contribute to the betterment of society. This creates a ripple in the proverbial pond to the glory of Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to come and see us or Pastor Mark or someone about a My Best Fit class. You're just wondering, do I have the gift of hospitality? Do I really? How do I go about using that gift? Where can the church and the body use me to the glory of him? Third, be generous with treasure. Be generous with treasure. Treasure is more than just money. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 11, he says, you will be enriched in every way. In other words, you've been given many gifts in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving to God comes from this. For years and years, some almost 30 years ago, uh, myself and a group of guys created a houseboat ministry. The houseboat ministry still goes to this day. We have multiple groups, hundreds and hundreds of kids that go to Lake Don Pedro in the Middle Valley of California, or even a bigger one, uh, hundreds and hundreds of kids that come to the camp that we put on at, at Shasta. And every year it's the same equation. Getting the time of people to pull this off so we can share the gospel to hundreds and hundreds of high schoolers. And always the greatest challenge is, right, oh, man, Jeff, this is wonderful what you're doing here. You know, I wish I had the time to come and do this. I can write a check, but I, I, I don't really have the time. Well, what about your boat? Could we borrow your boat? Oh, boy, you can have my pickup truck. You can borrow my wife for a cookout. You can even hang out with my kids, but please, please, please don't ask me for your boat. Man, in, at Lake Don Pedro, we have this one guy for the last 25 plus years that has been donating his boat. He comes up for one week and he drives. And the other two weeks that the camps are going on, he just leaves his boat there. It's incredible. One year, you know, just you know, being around um, people, young people in particular, one year someone brought up these big magic markers because they wanted each of the kids to write their name on their cups. And they left the magic markers black and green and blue in all the boats. So the kids got together and they all started giving each other giant tattoos. And I'm sitting there just shaking my head as kind of the camp overseer saying, that was really stupid. I'm like, hey, you guys, you know, be careful with all that ink that you're gonna get on you. It's gonna rub off onto different things. And so these kids, you know, giant Harley wings on their shoulder blades and, and they, they go in and they sit down and Mike's, the guy who donates his boat in his boat, this white fake leather interior. And of course the sweat and the heat and, and all that stuff, they get out of the boat and all their tattoos are all the way around the fake leather of Mike's boat. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my Windex is not going to get this. And they're just, they're, it's so into the, to the fake leather. And, 
man, I just, I can't believe I'm going to have to take this back to Mike and tell him what happened. And I pulled up to Mike's place with his boat and I'm dropping it off. And, and I'm like, hey, Mike, we had a problem. Someone, someone brought some ink pens and, you know, we got a lot of ink on your, on your, on your leather. And uh, he goes out and he looks at it and he says, oh, man, look at that. He says, that's incredible. He says, what a great reminder that so many kids heard the gospel of Jesus Christ by the use of this boat. Don't worry about it, Jeff. It's all good. You see, Mike had an understanding that nothing belongs to him, not even the boat. That everything belongs to his master. And that he's here to serve with those tools, with those resources, to take the treasure. You see, the wisdom of stewardship encourages individuals to be generous with treasure, recognizing that material wealth carries the power to positively impact the lives of others. You see, we don't take kids houseboating. We don't take kids to San Diego for a vacation. We take them so that we can pour the gospel into them, that we can love them with the truth. We don't hold church services so that we can all just have a good time, although a good time is always had. We do church so that we can pour the gospel and the love of Christ, that we can take the resources that God has given us and help the poor, the disenfranchised, to bring the gospel to the lost. To be generous with our finances and the blessings that it brings, individuals can support causes that promotes justice, it promotes or alleviates suffering, it creates meaningful change in our communities. It's through the selfless acts of sharing treasure that stewards can foster a more equitable, a more compassionate society. It leaves a lasting legacy of generosity and goodwill. What does your dash say in your life? Does it leave a legacy that goes to the glory of Jesus Christ? The perspective in finances is probably as simple as a Dave Ramsey program of 10-10-80. goes to the the charity and and 10% goes to um, savings and we live off of the 80. I know people who live off of the 10 and give the 90. Maybe this is overwhelming. Maybe some of our own people you'd like to go through a Dave Ramsey program or meet with one of our financial guys and and gals that are experts in this category that want to just minister and pour into you to bear your burden, to come alongside you, to help you to understand what it means to be a good steward with the resources that God has entrusted you. If you're having difficulty finding this, you're always free to email me, call me. My email is simple, it's jstevens at highlandschurch.org. Or call any one of the pastors, or call the front desk, or go to Info Central and find yourself ready, in fact, to ask the question, where can I in fact serve? Where can I be a faithful steward of the things that God has entrusted me? You see, without the resources that God has entrusted us, our community widow would be homeless. Not many people know this because nobody ever really comes and asks. But here at Highlands, we have these widows, and these widows are true widows. They have no resources. They have no ability to take care of themselves. They have no family. They have nothing going on around them to pay their bills. Do you know that you, every one of you that gives here, 
pays the rent and the mortgage or pays, in fact, the bills for food or, or gasoline for cars or services or air conditioning in this time. Because we take the Bible seriously and the book of James tells me that the widow belongs to the church and we are the church. Without the resources that God has entrusted us, orphans would never experience the loving arms of caregivers or better yet, come to have a father and a mother. The church even has an adoption fund that very few people ever take advantage of. If you're looking to adopt a child, talk to myself, talk to Tyler. We'd love to come alongside you and help. Because maybe that's your gift that God wants you to do. We start to ask, what knowledge do I have of the gifts that God has given me? I have to ask myself, am I applying them with wisdom as a good steward of his varied grace? You see, your time, your talent, your treasure are being, need to be used to advance the kingdom of God and the glory of God. I know this can be overwhelming. Sometimes we think, man, I, I just, I can't do that. It's so inconvenient. But today, would you do me a favor? Would you stop by Info Central and tell them, I'm ready to serve. Use me however you want. But to adopt a mindset, a spiritual discipline of live and give. To take the resource that you have been entrusted and to use them to the glory of Christ and his kingdom. I, I don't know where we get this idea. And maybe it's because the church for so many years, hundreds of years, has started to outsource responsibilities. But please, please don't look to your government to take care of the poor. It's our job. Our job. The issue of poverty, the issue of homelessness, the issue of these things, if we don't share the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ with those additional resources, then we labor in vain. The only solution, the only thing that will bring hope to the hopeless is the person of Jesus Christ. The gospel is what goes forward. Even in our past weeks ago when we were in Luke 4, Luke told us the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Our job, your job, is to preach the gospel in the hundred square feet that God has around you, to use the gifts that God has given you as a faithful steward of those gifts that belong to him, to the glory of him, to the advancement of his kingdom, and may it be for him and his dominion his authority forever and ever. Amen? Amen? This isn't about money. It's about the spiritual discipline to be faithful stewards, to use every resource, every ounce, every moment to the glory of him. Our Father and our God, we are your humbled servants, a resource unto you to advance your kingdom. Help us not to think of our resources, but how we are going to use your resources to get a return on your investment to your glory and honor. Brothers and sisters, he is absolutely for you. 
And he is for you using his stuff to his glory. Let's not be persuaded. Let's not let the devil lure and entice us to the things that we have that they're ours, but that we are faithful stewards, managers of God's stuff to be used for the advancement of his kingdom. The prayer team is down here. If there is a time that you wanted to just come down and pray, I just encourage you. You can start walking down here now, but just to come and pray. These are people who's who's want to use their volunteer time and the talent to come alongside you and pray with you and encourage you. Or maybe Jesus is this new concept to you. I can't encourage you enough to go back to our team back there and follow Jesus and just pour your heart out. How can we help you? How can our volunteers come alongside you? How can our pastors come alongside you? How can we encourage you, equip you, and help you? This is what we want to do. To the glory of him. Stop by Info Central and ask, how can I serve? Come meet with me. Come meet with any one of the pastors. Come spend any time and just say, hey, the Lord keeps putting it upon my heart. As one man told me in the last service, to use my gifts to come alongside and just help people. I do this for a living. I would love to do it as a volunteer. Take the gifts that God's given you and get him a return on his investment. Amen? Our Father and our God, Lord, keep us. Help us to see the gifts that you have given us as your resources to be used to advance your kingdom. And help us to not just use one, but to use them all. For Lord, you desire a cheerful giver. It's so much easier when I realize none of it belongs to me. Help us to grow in your grace. Help us to grow in your sons. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.